0: Hey, New York, it's time for New York sports talk the way it ought to be. It's the Big Apple Sports Podcast, starring Peter Weintraub and Evan Freeman. Welcome, everybody, to the Big Apple Sports Podcast. I'm Evan Freeman. And I'm Pete Weintraub. And today we are going to go Jets-Giants, Rangers-Islanders, and then scumbag in sports. So starting off with the Giants game last night, losing 24-10 to the Detroit Lions. Mm. I, I didn't get to watch the game because I was at the Ranger game, but they did not look good at all. No.
1: I mean, Eli Manning got sacked five times. They couldn't establish the run game, which we established in the preseason. When you don't have a line, you cannot run, and you cannot protect the quarterback. Neither of those things happened. Odell returned, four catches, 36 yards, no touchdowns. And all the throws, as you suggested on our last podcast, were quick throws that he turned nothing into five yards. So they looked they looked terrible second game in a row. Eric Flowers is an embarrassment, and they can't put him there anymore. But they don't have anyone to put in his place. So Giants and Jets both are off to 0-2 starts. And I, while well, I think the Giants can – potentially remedy the ship because they have enough talent on both sides of the ball the Jets we'll get to in a minute are just fucked but
0: yeah it wasn't a good showing yeah and I don't I really don't think the Giants are going to have a great season now based on what I'm seeing from them Uh, mostly because I don't know if you can fix this offensive line yeah if you look at it right now there's really no one out there to go and get and this offensive line just might not have enough talent now it might be, you know, a communications issue. It might just be they need more practice time. But this is after a full offseason of these guys being together, and they yeah. look like they've never stepped on the field together. Yes, yeah. It's it's embarrassing for them. It must be very painful for Giants fans to watch because you have still pro- – Eli's still probably, what, a top 15, 10, 15 quarterback in the league. Yeah, he's, time he's, above the average,
1: yeah. yeah. he's above he's average. Yeah. He's above.
0: He's definitely above middle of the road still. And if you give him a good offensive line, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Sure. You had you went out and you got Brandon Marshall. You went out and you drafted um, – what's his name? Evan hmm. – Evan the tight end. I forgot yeah. his name just now. That was bad. Yeah. Um, you went out and drafted a tight end who looked really good last night. Eli had a really nice throw to him down the middle of the field. But, you know, it's we said this a million times before. If you don't give your quarterback time to throw, if you can't protect him and provide him with the run game, it doesn't really matter who you have back there unless they're Aaron Rodgers. Because mm-hmm. he seems to be the only person who with no run game and no protection can still be amazing.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers is great on the run. Is I think last year the year before they showed his throw accuracy on the run is actually a little better than his throw accuracy of the pocket. So, obviously, he's a guy who doesn't need a lot in front of him. But if you look at any legitimate quarterback in this league, even a top five guy, when Tom Brady doesn't get protection, he – is ineffective and you looked at that week one he was incredibly ineffective the line did not hold up week one for the Patriots and Brady did not play well at all obviously this past week he came back with a vengeance which my fantasy team appreciated but yeah no quarterback in this league can do well especially in a pocket passing league especially when you're as immobile as Eli Manning if you don't have a line if you don't have a run game to change things up and if he's only throwing to one guy Odell Beckham they know who to cover, and even though Odell is really explosive, they said he's like eighty percent on his ankle, and we talked about that too. I don't know why they're playing him now. I mean, they look terrible week one, so I guess yeah, more onus to get him out there week two. But we even said in the preseason, even if he misses the first quarter of the season, let's say he misses the first four games to make sure that ankle's a hundred percent. Maybe one of those catches instead of being you know a seven to ten yard gain ends up being a 25 or 30-yard gain and changes the momentum. And maybe the line will pick up some of the slack. But uh, it's also precarious. If he gets hurt, then I don't even know if they score 10 points. And then I don't know whose offense is more anemic, the Jets or the Giants. Because... Yeah,
0: because that's what, it, that's what it comes down to again is, yeah, he's 80% and he's not as effective. But 80%, you still have a very high risk of re-injuring that ankle. Mm-hmm. And they can't afford for him to get hurt again. And then instead of missing – Weeks one through three or four, missing weeks five through ten. Yeah, or more. When when, maybe yeah, he maybe the more. rest of the season, he, he could miss the next year and a half if it's bad enough. You know, yeah. uh, probably not. But no. you know, if he really, really hurts himself, he could never be the next the same player ever again. Sure. So they really, I don't understand why he was playing at eighty yeah. percent, and it it just baffles me. And I understand, listen, you don't want to start zero 2 but now he just played at eighty percent, and you're still zero Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he had no impact on the game. He didn't really contribute, and perhaps he wasn't able to contribute. But, yeah, it it wasn't a good showing. It certainly wasn't a good showing. The Lions definitely look like the better team. But, you know, Matthew Stafford, another guy who can play very well. I mean, granted, he has a much better offensive line in front of him than Eli does, but uh, Stafford so far has been the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL through two games. So
0: he's been solid as well. All right. All right, moving on to the Jets. Another mm. horrible game, losing 45 to 20 against the Raiders. Now, we knew they were going to lose. Yeah. And we knew they were going to lose pretty badly. Yeah. But I didn't think they were going to give up 45 points to the Raiders, especially the way that this was given up.
1: Yeah, 185
0: it, yards on the ground. Jesus. To, to a bunch of different running backs. Cordero like Mar- Patterson. Yeah, it's like Marshawn Lynch came in and was just like, oh, I'm just going to take over and destroy them. Didn't it didn't even have like, a good game. It was three different running backs that just completely tore them apart.
1: Yeah, Marshawn Lynch had little – I mean, he had a scoring touchdown run, but he only rushed for, what, was it 45 yards or something like that. Cordero Patterson had – I think he had a 45-yard run on just one play. And mm-hmm. he's usually a special teams guy. He's a kick returner. That's pretty much his position and has been since 2014. But, yeah, it, it was a terrible showing by the defense. Uh, a team that's supposed to have a great run-stopping uh, front – has now given up close to 200 yards in their first two games of the year. And you can say, well, Shady McCoy and Marshawn Lynch, but like you just said, Marshawn Lynch wasn't the catalyst on the ground in this game. And uh, we knew it was going to be a blowout. It sucked because through about three quarters, it looked like it was going to be close. But of course the Jets showed what they were and Joshua count again, he didn't turn the ball over, but again, can't throw downfield, didn't throw downfield, got lucky on a couple of check down passes or passes over the middle. But if you're not going to throw downfield and take chances, you're not going to win. I know they don't no. have a lot of talent, but you're not well, going to win.
0: Yeah, and, well, once again, Jermaine curse was the leading wide receiver as we knew he would be. And it's just there's nothing on this team offensively. Nothing. There really isn't. And Literally nothing. <laughs> if it, very soon it has to be the point in time where you're going to pull the plug on Josh McCown. Yeah, because if you're going to draft one to one of these quarterbacks, you might as well see what you have. If you're going to lose, you might as well give Hackenberg and Petty time to play during the regular season. Yeah, because you're losing anyway. You don't want to accidentally win a game with Josh McCown. I'd rather accidentally win five games with Christian Hackenberg or Bryce Petty mm-hmm. than to win with Josh McCown because you know Josh McCown is not the quarterback of the future. No, it's not even going to be here next year. It yeah. may not Bryce, even be here it, by the end of this year. You know, if Bryce Petty comes comes in and for some reason stays healthy and has a miracle season, and Jets win seven games with him, you'd be like, you know what? This guy's a pretty decent quarterback. Maybe yeah. move him, maybe he him as a backup, but at least you see what you have. hmm. Yeah. That so count for going forward doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. At this point, it makes absolutely no sense. You looked at the defense. I mean, we didn't think it was particularly good in the preseason, and it's showing that. Unfortunately, it's also showing that an area that we thought was going to be good, at least their run defense, has been terrible. I know it's only two games. Sure, they can clean that up potentially if it's just a mechanical thing, missed assignments, what have you. But, yeah, it's not looking good. They never had a secondary to begin with. Claiborne, he had a bad penalty. That cost them a touchdown later in the game. Maybe it was just out of frustration. I could imagine why. Um, But, yeah, I I agree with you. At this point, with how inept they've looked, it doesn't hurt. One thing I did see today, though, that popped up on my phone while I was driving earlier, and, of course, don't text and drive, but I saw a a notification that there was a report that made its way to the press, which means somebody in the Jets organization wanted it to be leaked, that Hackenberg still is nowhere close to stepping on the NFL field, meaning that (laughs) – when and if they make the change, which now we both advocate, it could hopefully happen as soon as next week. What's the point of putting us through this? If we're going to have an ineffective quarterback, have a young, ineffective quarterback, not a 38 year old journeyman when, uh, when a young guy can do the same thing. Or, like you said, maybe he catches fire, gains some momentum. You don't know. So, I'd rather see one of those guys. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like Hackenberg's going to be that guy. It's probably going to go to Petty. The only question is, when is that going to happen? Hopefully, sooner than later.
0: Hopefully. Yeah. All right, but so... But they're the
1: Jets, so it's probably... Yeah, they,
0: the Jets, they're just going to be awful. I just got Absolutely your emails, awful. by the
1: way, all, all in one shot. Fucking I
0: weird. 100% blame you, and I will never blame Gmail for anything. Well,
1: even though... Oh, we won't get into Google and their issues. Anyway, all right. So, moving on to... Rangers, Islanders, so you were there at the Garden last night. What did you see? Obviously, I'm sure you had fun, but how was it? And what did you see All right. in both teams?
0: All right. I saw a lot of good stuff, decent amount of sloppy play, but it's a lot of young guys. So it's the first preseason game. It's mostly young guys trying to make the team out of training camp. So a lot of guys whose names you're never going to hear again. Yes. Um, but two guys who I think you will hear again are Neil Pionk, and Elias Anderson. So Elias Anderson was the seven, seventh overall pick by the Rangers this year. Um, centerman from Sweden, his dad and his uncle both played in the NHL, so he has an NHL pedigree. He looked pretty good. Now, okay. while the score was one nothing, and he did not score the game-winning goal, so he didn't put anything in the net, hmm. he looked very comfortable out there. He was looking to make plays. He was moving the puck well. But most importantly, he was winning a ton of face-offs. Yes. The Rangers at some point in the game had won 75% of the faceoffs. I think it was somewhere Jeez. like the beginning of the third period. Yeah. They were killing them on the, in the faceoff circle. Mm-hmm. And Neil Pionk, who did score the game winning goal with a little spin move and going in between the glove of the, uh, the goaltender,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he played very well defensively. The mm-hmm. Rangers limited the Islanders. Going into the third period, the Islanders had about seven, seven to 10 shots on goal. Mm hmm. So, the Rangers played very well defensively. The Islanders did not play well offensively, despite the Rangers taking over seven penalties in this game. Wow. Now, yeah, there were a lot of calls, a lot of little chippy stuff, but apparently this is the way the NHL is going. They're really cracking down on the slashing and the boarding and the holding, some of which was very, very borderline. But other than that, the Rangers played very well. They moved the puck well. They moved the puck well on the on the power play. The only reason why it was one nothing is because uh, Yaroslav Halak played great last night. Mm. And he really came out, you know, it's awesome. a lot of young guys, but he came out and he played very well, even though the Islanders did not play well in front of him at all.
1: Well, that's a good sign for them. And uh, hopefully so – well, It's now not that a can, great sign for them. Well, it, well, it's a good sign that, that their goalie played well. That's That's been an issue in the past couple of years, just picking a fucking goalie and sticking with him. Halak's obviously an established guy. So yeah. – Hopefully, yeah. is that their plan going forward from the goaltender position? Is he the guy? Um, they, they,
0: they haven't made any announcements yet, um, and the Rangers still haven't announced their backup goalie. Both Andre Pavlik and Brian Hallerson played last night. Neither one of them is tested very much, as you can tell when the Rangers outshot them two to one. The Rangers with forty-one shots. Um, but yeah, it really there was very very few scoring chances for the Islanders until even the third period. Mm -hmm. And they just really looked overmatched. And, yes, these are not the teams that are going into the regular season. But you did have have regular guys playing. Johnny Boychuk was playing. Josh Hosang was playing. Josh Hosang looked terrible. He did absolutely nothing. So, all Islander fans who think that this guy is the next coming of, you know, John Tavares, he's not it. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. When Tavares is on the Rangers. Yes, when Tavares (laughs) is on the Rangers. But Josh Hosang still, from what I've seen – has a lot of work to do to become a top player in the NHL, if he can even do that. But really what it was is the the, I saw a lot of good stuff out of the Rangers, solid defensive play, solid puck movement, and just, I mean, solid solid goaltending when you face 10 shots really isn't, you know, anything. But the Islanders did try to start pouring it on towards the end of the game. They did get their shot total up to about 20. But honestly, they really just looked overmatched. And they did play the night before. So it's not like, okay, you know, this is a fresh team. The Rangers were a fresh team. But it really was just – it looked like men against boys out there. Mm. and Which is how you did. like to see it. Oh, of course. Yeah.
1: So, good. So, so obviously, some key takeaways. Some, some young players in the Rangers looking pretty good. Islanders – you could call it fatigue. It was only well, that was that was their second preseason game, right after playing back. Yeah, there. it's only the second so, preseason yeah. game. I just so you didn't, you didn't yet, see what yeah.
0: you didn't see what you wanted to see out of certain guys on the Islanders. If you're an Islanders fan, I what saw exactly Buck what I clutter? wanted to see. Oh, yes. oh, you mean clusterfuck? Yeah, yeah, cut, clusterfuck played. He, he has the funniest name
1: that. in sports. I don't I know care what anybody really
0: says.
1: <laughs> <Buck> clutter! <laughs> I saw I, – um, they had the game at the Coliseum over the weekend, so there were a bunch of people in the area who are wearing Islanders jerseys, and there were a bunch wearing Clutterbuck ones, and I was very tempted to just shout it out in Chipotle while I was there, but I decided not Oh, you
0: should have. That would have been amazing.
1: But clutter.
0: And then when they go, what the hell are you doing? You go, listen to my podcast. <laughs> listen to my podcast,
1: and you'll be one of ten people. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> all right, so – we're going to go over a couple of plugs and then we'll get into the scumbag and sports. So, first plug Weight Loss by Pete. If you're looking to lose weight in a healthy, sustainable, and permanent way, check me out, weightlossbypete.com. I actually have a four week jumpstart program. I'm going to be renting out a venue on the island. It's four weeks, so obviously, one meeting a week. And we're going to go over different things nutrition, fitness, mindset, and a wrap up at the end to answer any and all of your questions. To pre reserve your seat now, go to weightlossbypete.com/slash. Four-week jumpstart for the number four-week jumpstart today. Evan, you are on hub pages, and have you written an article since the one about the Rangers?
0: Yes, so I did write, which now looks terrible. It was keys to the Giants making a run at the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) It's only 0-2, so it's not over yet, but it is a very good article. It does it more breaks down the team into the pieces that need to succeed in order for the Giants to have a successful season, regardless of Super Bowl or playoffs or whatever it is. It's more in-depth look at their weaknesses and how they need to turn them into strengths in order to not be basically what the Jets are going to be this year.
1: Yes. And so far, you can't really tell much of a difference between the two teams on yeah. either side of the ball, which is, well, the Giants have a better defense still, but still both are yes. just as enough as the other right now offensively. But I'm sure the Giants have a lot more upside than the Jets, as evidenced by their talent on that side of the ball. Anyway, anyway, our scumbag in sports is
0: Jamel Hill and what? ESPN. Yeah. Because Jamel Hill decided that without any proper information, she was just gonna go on Twitter and call Donald Trump a white supremacist. Which I don't care if you don't like him, I don't particularly like him either. Yeah. He is not a white supremacist. I've never seen he him. He helps out very much in the in the minority communities. He hires a vast majority of minorities and women. So it's completely on. It's completely off base. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's all to get little retweets and little followers because she's a little piece of shit. She's a garbage. She's a garbage TV host anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. it's it's just it's all for attention. It's all garbage. She's trying to take advantage of the the political climate right now, and the popular thing to do is to call white people white supremacists, and it's just it's ridiculous. It's all completely off base. You can yeah. call them a douchebag. You can call them. You, know, like you disagree with his
1: policies or yeah. what he's looking to do. That's fine. Yeah, but
0: he—he's in no way is Donald Trump a white supremacist. I'm sorry. And If you yeah. think that, then you really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's—I think he's a douchebag, but he's definitely not a white supremacist.
1: Yeah, and for—and for a and, and for network too. And the reason that Evan also mentioned ESPN and not just Jamel Hill. Obviously, she went kind of nuts. Of course the legal team there probably told her you need now you're now going to tweet out an apology and, and, and say, Oh, my remarks were in no way, shape or form in association with ESPN or ESPN's beliefs, which is a load of shit because how many people have they fired in the last year um, that were analysts and much better analysts because they were performer professional athletes and didn't make excuses. Uh, what did they fire? I mean, obviously they fired Kurt Schilling. And you can argue about that one, but Mike Ditka, who was...
0: Kurt Schilling, Schilling went a little over the line.
1: He went over the line. But Mike Ditka, um, Shannon Sharber, I believe, or was it, uh, what's his name? The other one, Chris Carter, um, the two wide receivers that they let go are now with NFL Network. It's it's disgraceful what they're trying to do. There's a reason they're losing ratings. We talked about this last time. And they didn't fire, not only did they not fire Jamel Hill or suspend, her, they even suspended Linda Cohn recently um, for remarks she made on the Dan Patrick show about the state of ESPN. But... They also let her go on air later that night. They looked into finding replacements for her on the show, but then because it's him and hers and Michael Smith refused to not do the show unless it was her who did the show with him, they let them do the show anyway. But he's another one
0: who's garbage, too. He's another one who talks shit. He talks about political shit that he doesn't know about. And it's all based. what they do is they go on CNN, they look at the headline and they go, okay, let's just bring this up. And this is all the information that there is. Yeah. And I've always told people, if you really want to learn about politics, don't do it here because we talk about sports. What you have to do is you have to watch the network that is against your actual belief system. Yeah. So if you agree with CNN, you should be watching Fox News to get the full picture because it's always somewhere in the middle. If you only listen to people who agree with you, which is why I hope Islander fans listen to me because I don't agree with them at all because they're all scumbags. Not all, most of them. (laughs) Well, that's not going to get them
1: to listen to you at all, is it?
0: (laughs) Three out of four Islander fans are just useless, and there's only four of them, so that makes one useful Islander fan. But you have to look at other sides of things, and if you don't look at the other side and get the actual information, then you're a complete waste of space, and that's what they do. That's why I can't stand what ESPN has become, because it's become this political network, and it's basically an extension of CNN, and. I don't want that. I want sports. I don't want politics. Give me sports.
1: Yeah, and that. Uh, yeah, and that's been the main issue. And many of their many of their most successful anchors and analysts have either been fired or suspended for much lesser um, political statements that they made. Except for Kurt Schilling, who, like you said, went over the line. I just yeah. liked Kurt Schilling's analysis. Not in, that, not in that case, but about baseball. Anyway, all right. So you can check us out on social media YouTube, we have our own channel, iTunes, Big Apple Sports Podcast, Facebook, slash Big Apple Sports Podcast, Instagram, our handle is Big Apple Sports Podcast. Those assholes on Twitter, it's NY Big Apple Sport. <laughs> For that,
0: I am Pete Weintraub. I'm Evan Freeman. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a good one.